Welcome to another inspirational message from Northwest Church. We pray this message encourages and inspires you. If you would like any more information on what your next step may be, please visit our website at northwestchurch.com.au. which is an Old Testament concept. So I know uh, s- some people don't really know what it means, but uh, I've spoken to about the tabernacle for three Sundays, not consecutively, but for three Sundays. And today I will do the last part of it. For those who don't know what the tabernacle is, it is the design of the temple or the church that God gave to Moses. Now we are, in the New Testament, we are in like thousands and thousands of years later. The question is, is it still important for us to refer to the tabernacle? And the answer is yes. God does nothing, nothing, nothing without a reason. Everything he does, he's pointing us to something. So today I'm going to talk about the last part of the tabernacle, which is the Holy of Holies. You can see the first part, the plan of the, of the tabernacle was the outer courtyard, uh, which was the outside where everybody could have access. There was a holy place, which only the priest could go. Only the priest could go there. And then there was a holy of holies. The holy of holies was the place where only the high priest, like the chief of all the priests, could go once a year only. And listen, if he goes there with a sin in his life, he dies. So for him to access that place, they will put a rope on his foot. So if he dies, they can pull him because nobody can go there. So they will just keep moving it to see if he's still alive. Yes, that's a true story. (laughs) So if he falls there and dies, they will pull him outside. If, If you go there, you die also. So you need to be ceremonially clean to enter there. And it has to be only once a year, a special day to enter there. Why was it such a special place? Because that where was the presence of God. So that's where the presence of God was, in Holy of Holies. So nobody could have gone in the presence of God unclean. So this... This presence of God was contained in the box they built called the Act of the Ark of Covenant. So in that box, wooden box, there was uh, a, a bowl of manna. Manna was the food they were eating in the desert. There was the staff or the robe of uh, Aaron, his staff, and there was the Ten Commandments tablet and then God was manifesting his presence there through a cloud so that's funny so God's presence was there through a cloud so let me take you through some of the New Test- uh, Old Testament events so that you can understand what it meant for them in First Samuel chapter 4 verse 10 to 11 it says so the Philistines fought, and the Israelites were defeated, and every man fled to his tent. The slaughter was very great. Israel lost 30,000 foot soldiers. 30,000 people died. The ark of God was captured, 
and Eli, two sons. Hophni and Phinehas died. The act of covenant was taken from the Israelite. They become weak and they were beaten. 30,000 people, men, were killed that day. The consequence of losing the presence of God. It was so real to them. Real. You have it, you win. You don't have it, you lose. The presence of God. In Leviticus chapter 16 verse 2, the Lord said to Moses, Tell your brother Aaron that he is not to come whenever he chooses into the most holy place behind the curtain in front of the atonement to cover on the ark. So Mo Aaron will not be coming to me whenever he wants. No, I have to decide when he will come to me. God is speaking. Or else he will die. For I will appear in the cloud over the atonement cover. God is saying he will appear to the cloud there in the Holy of Holies. So the photo, that the picture that you see there is just a representation how it was. On the outside, everybody can go there. They are giving sacrifices. Inside, inside the tent, it was divided into two. The first place which is the holy place and the, the second place which is the Holy of Holies where you see the cloud representing the presence of God. It was real to them. In Jeremiah chapter 23, verse 23 to 24, the Bible says, Am I only a God nearby, declares the Lord, and not a God far away? Who can hide in secret places so that I cannot see them, declares the Lord? Do not I feel heaven and earth, declares the Lord. Still in the Old Testament, God is telling them he's everywhere. He's nearby, he's far away, he's in secret places, he fills the heaven and the earth. He's everywhere. So according to Leviticus, the presence of God was manifested only in the Holy of Holies. But according to Jeremiah, God is everywhere. Do you get what I'm taking you? So, is it a contradiction? God is everywhere, but at the same time, he's in a box. <laughs> if you take the box, you take the presence of God. But he says again that he's everywhere. What does that mean? If God is everywhere, why is it important to keep the box? You can take the box. But why is it important that they understand that the presence of God was in the act of act of covenant or act of of God. What is the difference between the presence of God and the appearance or manifestation of God's presence? What does it mean to be in the presence of God? All these questions I want to answer them today. When we talk about the presence of God, People think about it in four different ways. Or we respond to it in four different ways. The first one is, God seems distant and inactive. So he's not here and he's not doing anything. The first feeling or the first way we respond to it. The Bible says in Psalm 13 verse 1 to 2, 
How long, Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long must I wrestle with my thoughts and day after day have sorrow in my heart? How long will my enemy triumph over me? This is David, King David in the Bible. He faced the same situation. He felt like God was far and inactive. God was not present and he was doing nothing. Maybe that's where you are. Maybe you are in this room, you feel like the presence of God is not with you and he's not doing anything in your life. Most of the times, hardship makes people think that God is absent. Sickness can make you feel like God is not absent, is, is not present. Most of us have associated God's presence with the absence of challenges. When there is no challenges, you think God is with you. But because you are going through challenges, we feel like God is not with us. People ask questions like, where was God when my dad was sick? Where was God when genocide happened in Rwanda? When the Holocaust happened, where was God? When that person was terminated by the sickness, and that, and that person, when, my, my, when my, my marriage was collapsing, when my children were going through this, where was God? And we tend to believe that God was not present because things were going wrong in our life. We assume that the presence of God implies the absence of problems. When things go our way, God is present. When they don't, God is absent. You belong to this first quadrant. If you think God does not exist, if you think God does not care about you, or if you blame God for all the pain in your life, you fit in that first quadrant. God seems absent and inactive. So if you are there, if that's the case for you today, Know that you're not alone. David reached a place where he thought God did not care. And that's why he prayed that prayer. How long will you hide your face from me? You know, it's funny to know. When I was reading the Bible, I understood that even Jesus thought God was not there. Jesus on the cross said, Father, Father, why have you forsaken me? What? Jesus himself thought because of pain, the human part of him thought God was not there. Why have you forsaken me? We go through that sometime. When God seems distant and inactive. The second quadrant is when God seems distant, but active. I've heard of many people saying, I did not know back then. But if I'm still alive, it's because God kept me. Most of us have made some very poor, silly decisions in life. The only reason why we are still alive is because God protected us. We did not feel his presence. We did not think he was present. We did not even care about him. We ignored him. But he kept us. He seems absent, but active. Let me give you a story of myself when I was in primary school. I used to play with, I, I love technology, so I, I'm very curious. My wife knows that, very curious. 
So I, I was playing with batteries. Batteries. And don't try this at home, please. Kids, don't, don't even listen to this. So <laughs> I was playing with batteries and used them to light, to use them like a bulb and create my own kind of torch and stuff like that. And, and this day I wanted to charge them. I want to charge my battery, so I thought the good, the best way to do it is to uh, just connect a electric cable in the socket and use the positive side on the positive side and the negative on the negative side. So I prepared my cable very well. I opened the side. I hold them with my hand. I could turn the switch on. Went to charge my batteries. Do you want to know what happened? <laughs> put the negative side there, put the positive side. <laughs> Don't try this home, please. <laughs> to be honest, some of us, if God did not keep us alive, we, we couldn't just be here. <laughs> I heard a noise from the <laughs> from the meter box, like like an explosion. <laughs> what I thank God about is because the 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 actual the actual cords that I was using were melting, <laughs> so it was becoming hot and hot and hot, and I didn't know. And it, it's only when I heard the noise outside that I looked into my hand it was melting so just imagine if that did not happen I was dead God kept me God has kept us even though we didn't know he was there when he seems absent but active we have a lot to thank him my wife read this uh, Romans chapter 8 verse 8 she, she mentioned this but God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. It was not our initiative. It was him. He was looking, watching over us, even when we were yet sinners. The third quadrant. When God seems present, but inactive. So you can feel his presence, or you acknowledge he's there, but you don't see him doing anything. You know God exists. You know God is in your life. You know he's there, but you don't see anything happen according to your prayers or your beliefs. Maybe that's where you are. He seems present but inactive. 2 Corinthians 12, 7 to 10. Or because of these surpassingly great revelations, Therefore, in order to keep me from becoming conceited, I was given a thorn in my flesh, a messenger of Satan, to torment me. Three times I pleaded with the Lord to take it away from me. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. For my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses, insults, hardship, persecutions, difficulties. For when I'm weak, then I'm strong. Paul is the apostle, anointed. They prayed for him. 
the most powerful man. He's praying for people and the, the, the dead will come back to life. The sick will be healed. And he was, make, he was doing all these miracles, yet God is telling him, I'm not healing you. My grace is sufficient. God is present, but you don't feel like he's doing anything. Paul prayed three times for God to do something, and God did not do it. Present but inactive. Maybe that's where you are. You've been praying for something, and praying for something, and prayed again, and you still feel like God is not doing anything. You are not alone. It happens. It's part of the process. In our relationship with God, there is a time we feel like he's not there. Or we feel like he's there but he's doing nothing. It's okay. It's part of the journey. He believed God was always present despite his pain, the insult, the hardship, the persecutions. He trusted God to be present. Maybe this is the season you are in. Maybe that's where you are. God knows you. He knows you. The fourth one is when God seems present and active. Oh, who doesn't like this? He seems present and active. This, this fourth quadrant is the ideal quadrant for most of us because we can sense his presence and we can see his works. Yes, so this is why God gave to the people of Israel the tabernacle. He gave them his presence, the manifestation of his presence, so they can see him with their eyes, and they can feel him, and they can see his works. That's why he gave them the tabernacle. This is when we believe in God and we see life going in the right direction. Everything is moving. Everything is moving forward. My business is fine. My health is okay. My children are fine. My that is good, and that one is good. And I planned last year that I will go to Europe, and I went and I came back. And I planned that I will go to, to, to my, my Malaysia next year, and I go and I come back. Like everything, life is just going according to your plans. You feel like God is really present and active. David said this in Psalm 34, verse 4. I sought the Lord, and he answered me. The same person who said, God, where are you? Now he's changing his statement. He answered me. He delivered me from all my fears. Ah, David has changed his mind. But it was, it was a process. Sometimes he felt like God is not there. Sometimes he felt like God was there. Sometimes he felt like God is active and present. Sometimes he's inactive and present. Sometimes he's inactive and absent. Sometimes he's absent and active. It's life. Life does not always happen in one quadrant. It doesn't. We shift, we shift from quadrant to quadrant. If you ask each one here, where are you? Someone will tell you, I, I think I'm in one. He doesn't seem to be present. And I don't think he's doing anything. Uh, someone will tell you, to be honest, today I'm in the fourth one. He's there and he's doing stuff. And someone will tell you, I'm in three or in two. Because life does not always happen in one. We all go around. We, it shifts. It shifts. When God took the children of Israel out of Egypt to the promised land, for those who know this story, he made his presence noticeable so that 
they could always feel safe regardless of their challenges. When God takes you out of sin, he takes you out of sin to lead you into your freedom. He wants to make his presence noticeable to you so that you can always feel safe. He wants that. God still wants his presence to be noticeable. He doesn't want us to build uh, monuments or boxes or to wear crosses to believe that the presence of God is with us. There's nothing wrong with wearing crosses. I'm just saying, uh, if you think that to make the presence of God more noticeable, then that's wrong. But if it's just something you wear to remind you of something, that's fine. God wants his presence to be noticeable and permanent in our life so that we can always know and remember he's with us. He did it back then. He still wants it today. Not in boxes, though. Not in building boxes of, or to put any statutes in your, in your house. Not that, that does not change anything. God is everywhere. He's omnipresent. He's everywhere. But the manifestation of his presence, it's not everywhere the same. No. God is not manifesting his presence in this room the same way he's doing in the pub. No. <laughs> Don't deceive yourself. God is everywhere. Yes. Does he manifest himself everywhere the same way? No. No. The manifestation of God's presence happens when God opens your human spirit, your eyes, to see him as he really is. You see the manifestation of God when God opens your eyes to see who he really is. So it's not like God is not there. But when you see him, when you discover that he's there, then we call it manifestation of God's presence. When God opens your eyes, you suddenly see how big he is and how small you are. I'm not talking about small like insignificant. I'm talking about small comparing, to, comparing yourself to him. When God opens your eyes, you suddenly see how big his power is and how small your problem is. I'm not denying that our problems are big, but they are big to us. Our problems, our sicknesses, our challenges are big to us human beings. But when we see the greatness of God, they become this small and the power of God revealed to us overpowers our problems. When God opens our eyes, we suddenly see how big his army is and how small our enemies are. So when God manifests his presence, it doesn't change him. It changes us. We see him as he is. We see his power. We see his presence. He's everywhere. But the manifestation is not everywhere the same. So how do we make this happen? We need to make room for the manifestation of God's presence. It's your responsibility to make room for it. They made room for it. The people of Israel made room for God's manifestation. 
we still need to make room for his manifestation in our lives. God will not force his way into your heart. He will not force, he will not force you to give him a room in your heart. Jesus is a very gentleman. He always suggests. He knocks. He knocks. He doesn't force himself. The enemy will force himself in your life. Jesus won't. He says, Revelation 3.20, Here I am. I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with that person and they with me. Gentlemen, Jesus will always knock. Soft, even now he's talking to you. He's knocking at the door of your heart. Can you open it for me? It's your choice to open your heart or not. When you choose to attend church service, like you came here this morning, you make room for God's manifestation, for God's presence in your life. The music you listen to, they invite or disinvite the manifestation of the presence of God in your life, in your car, in your bedroom. The music, the lyrics you listen to, they make room or not for God. The friends you hang out with, they can invite or disinvite the manifestation of God's presence, depending on what you talk about, depending on what you do. The places you go can invite or disinvite the manifestation of God's presence. God is everywhere. But when you come to church, you make room for him to manifest. You see, it's not about him. It's about you making yourself available to see him as he is. He doesn't change. We do change. We are the one who don't see how he is. Psalm 16, 11. You will show me the path of life. In your presence is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. It's one thing for God to be present. It's another thing for us to be in his presence. Do, do you understand this? In your presence, there's fullness of joy. What does that mean? God is everywhere. But what does it mean for us to be in his presence? If he's everywhere, so it means when I'm here, I'm in his presence. But there is something to this. It's not just being where God is. It's being aware of his presence. It has something to do with us, not with him. When we acknowledge the presence of God, when we see how big he is, his, we see his greatness, that generates joy. Why? Because it makes our problems smaller. That's why the Bible says, in your presence there is fullness of joy. When we ignore God's presence, we ignore to attend church, we ignore to go where people of God are, connect groups and other gatherings of prayer, our problems become bigger. That takes our joy away. You see, it's just a math. It's simple. You acknowledge his presence, you have joy. You ignore his presence, you lose joy. And I'm not talking about happiness. You can make yourself happy with as many games as you want. Movies and holidays. Joy is something in the heart. Only God can give it. As we face challenges, our faith shakes. But the truth is, God is never absent or inactive. He's always present and always active. 
If we see it, if we don't see it, God is always active. Psalm 139, 7 to 10 says, Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depth, you are there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me. Your right hand will hold me fast. So if God is everywhere, why is it necessary to him for him to appear in one place? He does it. He reveals himself to us so that he can strengthen us. It's for our good for God to reveal himself. It's for our good to come to church. You know what? When we come here, we don't add anything to God. Maybe you thought we do. <laughs> when we come here to worship God, we don't add even a glory, like a portion of glory like this to God's glory. His glory is there. It changes us to come to church. We don't do him any favor to pray. We don't do him any favor to change to read the Bible. It changes us to acknowledge his presence. It doesn't change him. We can ignore him. You can say, God, do you don't exist. God, you don't do this. It will not change anything to his glory. It's for our good to seek God, to come to church, to go to Connect Group, to pray. It's our own good. It doesn't add any inch, any centimeter to God's height. <laughs> What's the difference between the presence of God and the appearance of God's presence? God is everywhere, but the manifestation of his presence is the evidence of his presence to us. So you need to know when you go in his presence, you are the one changing. You are the one opening your eyes. It's not him. What does it mean to be in God's presence? It's when our eyes are open. Would you choose to acknowledge his presence? Would you choose to make room for his manifestation? The song we listen to, the gatherings we go to, Do they glorify God? And I'm not saying we shouldn't listen to any other music. No. You can listen to any music, but just check the lyrics. Make friends with people who add value to your spiritual life. People who add value to your spiritual life. Before I pray, I will ask a question. Would you choose to invite him in your heart? Hey again, thanks so much for joining us on this podcast. Whether you are new and exploring faith or a follower of Jesus, there is a next step for you. There is always room to grow, more to be done, destiny to be pursued and people to be reached. So what's your next step? To find out, head over to northwestchurch.com.au. And thanks again for listening.